Liam. Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio show of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kurt Buckner, the Buck, the owner of NotInHallOfFame.com and the sister sites, the fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame and the fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's season one, episode 51. Uh, is it our season finale? Uh, it might be, might not be. We've got some big plans for season two, which you'll see. And this turned out to be a loaded show because we took a bit of a hiatus due to Christmas time. Uh, we've certainly had a bit of family things uh, with, well, not with each other. Evan did his thing, I did mine. He's in Chicago, I'm in Barbados. I never met the guy. He's never met me. So, no, our families did not coexist. Maybe one day they will. All good. But it would turn out to be a loaded show nevertheless. Uh, we always sort of like talk about Hall of Famers who passed away. And there was a lot over the last two weeks. Casey Jones, a former great Boston Celtic. Kevin Green, Danny Hodge, and so much more. We had so much to go into with that, but we didn't want to make it all about that. We have the announcement of the Fictitious Athlete Hall and the Fictitious Rock Hall. Big classes, it's what we do at the end of every year. Who got in? Who did you vote for? I have one vote, that's it, just one. Evan has one vote, just one. So it's not about what we want, it's about what all of you want. And some of you wanted a lot that I like. And a couple things that I went, eh? But that's okay. That's democracy. And that's what I love. Without further ado, let's bring in Evan. And we've got so much to talk about. Evan, buddy, it's been two weeks. I, I, I feel like something's been missing in my life. I know. It's, it's a little bit weird. I do think it's appropriate, though, that we're our first year here. It's the, the 30th of December right now. We're going to get 51 episodes in mm-hmm. because 51 is the least, is the most non-primey, prime-looking number of all time. It's like the, It looks so much like a prime number. I got it wrong on my math test in fourth grade when we had to circle prime numbers, and it haunts me to this day. I think it's appropriate our first year would end with 51 episodes because... It's, it's like a taunt to me back to, you know, uh, it's secret, secret pain I've held for 31 years. Hmm. So I'm, I'm in favor of this one. I'm glad we're doing it. I, I may have gotten that wrong. I, I don't know. Rem- I can't remember what I cheated off of on the Korean kid in front of me. <laughs> it just doesn't 51 not look like, I know it five and one adds up to six, which is visible by three, but it doesn't look like a prime number or like, like a, a non-prime. It looks like a prime number. Uh, anyway. Come for the sports, uh, stay for the math. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I do have to say one thing before we start. Uh, and let me just say this. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, I just wanted to open up to the fact that over the years on Twitter, I've definitely tweeted some unartful and insensitive things. Sometimes they worked as jokes in my head. I was just made to see how they read on screen. In the past, I'd usually leave up bad tweets so, uh, so they could be dunked on. At least that way, they could lead to smart replies and even advocacy. Deleting them felt like whitewashing mistake. Within that practice, may have given the impression I stand every failed joke I've ever posted on here. Not at all. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm just being. Ke- I'm just reading Ken Jennings. I figured if I said it, I could be the host of Jeopardy too. <laughs> nice, nice. He's, a- <laughs> he's I, I- apologizing for. He's apologizing for the tweets he doesn't need to apologize for, which is the funny thing. So in 2020, there's a- well, I'd say there's nothing more 2020 than that. Uh, I have, yeah. I, I think one of our early, a little, little bit of a callback, I have modified my Twitter behavior uh, back, back to the whole Hana Kimura death who felt uh, 
the, the Japanese professor who got bullied on Twitter. I'm pretty much nice to everyone, except for Justin Trudeau. But uh, come election time, I'll explain my distaste and strong dislike for this person. But this isn't the time. Understood. So, anyway, I was, I was just trying to figure out how I can get back on Jeopardy after my third play finished almost a decade ago. So I figured it if might I did, you know. Say what, say what he says. It's a chance I'll get brought in as interim host, right? It's, it's, right? But why not? Why not? You, you've proven yourself. Exactly. Can't I mean, hurt you. Well, you've proven yourself able to rein in the buck, and that's not easy. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So, anyway, so it's been two weeks. Not much happened in two weeks, oh, right? God. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Twenty twenty just. Twenty twenty just like. Oh my God! I'm just worried that we're gonna get to New Year's and it's gonna be like Russian doll, and we're gonna wake up and it's be January 2020 again. <laughs> I'm just gonna wake up again. Have you seen Russian Doll, by the way? Yes, I have. I have. Uh, was, I like. Them. Yeah, I do. Uh, well, Natasha Lyonne's one of my sneaky favorite actresses, and when I say sneaky, just like one of those ones that you don't sort of like when you come up with your favorite actress list, you don't think of her until she's in something. Mm-hmm. Her her vote her voice is like. Is like uh, there's a line by a song in the song by J- uh, Jen Wigmore, "Making my own road out of gravel and some wine." Her voice is gravel and wine combined. There's just there's something about that about Natasha Leone's voice, and they're making a season two. I don't know how they make a season two of that show. I don't know. It kind of felt like a one-off, but whatever. So, but I. That doesn't matter. What are we? What are we talking about? <laughs> Where are we starting? Oh God, that's a good question. Well, uh, <laughs> so we've got the fictitious halls, which uh, you don't know because I, I actually saved that. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I have not seen. Yeah, because uh, I always save that so that you're you're a bit surprised. Actually, one thing I, I don't know that you know, I never actually until I, I look at who's going to be advancing to the next round, I don't monitor it. So it's always a surprise. Oh, yeah. So it's always a surprise to me when I send it off to Ted, my webmaster, as to who it's going to be. So just a couple days ago, I looked to see where where we were at. So I'm very happy and slightly surprised on one, and I have to like blame you, America, because like there's one that's very strange. I never mm. thought you'd vote for it, but you did, and that's okay. Uh, that's a, is it the soggy bottom boys? I will. I won't, I, I won't tell I guess, you yet. I guess, we'll, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. We'll have but to wait and find I out. One, other, one, one thing we did do while we we're gone, and I think we should just mention in passing because I don't think we're gonna do a whole show on it. No, not this time. Um, yeah, we had a second meeting of the, our mock uh, football Hall of Fame group, which had some interesting results. I know you put up online. Yes. So, yeah, it, it's yeah a, that, was, that was cool. This, this, that whole process shows you how hard the whole thing actually is. It's amazing. It, it, it's very yeah, – it's, it's certainly difficult. I'm really proud of the group that you know, we were able to put together. I'm going to be even more proud when we sort of expand that in the future. Right. And yeah, this was a first run. So we yeah. – I mean we were just trying this with whoever would actually – you know. Participate. We got some great people. To, you, well, I say we. You got some great people to participate. I'm just happy to be in the group. Well, it, it, it's a group effort, but you know, I, I do appreciate that. With, w- without you, sort of like in your zo- your zooming ability, 
<laughs> yeah, that's what, what, my one my one life skill that I have developed. I've gotten my ten thousand hours on Zoom, being in the position I am, and having to basically be on it all day. So I'm used to trying to moderate and everything like that. So uh, no, but it was great. And I know we're not going to talk about it today. Uh, people can read about it online. But whenever they, they're going to announce the finalists on my birthday, actually. Hmm. Uh, on Tuesday, week, uh, on Tuesday next week, I will be 42. So uh, I will apparently, according to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, know all the answers of the universe. I think that's what the 42nd birthday does. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, so you never read Hitchhiker's Guide? No, but 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 well, kind of, yeah. But I don't remember anything. But I the bar <laughs> I used to go to in Ottawa was called Zaphod Beeblebrocks. Okay. The, the the moral of the story on that one is uh, they put in a question, essentially, what is the meaning of life into a computer? And the computer thinks about it for a million years, and it spits out the answer, and the answer is 42. But a million years later, they have no idea what the original question was. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, no, but I think we're going to be, whenever, they're going to be announcing that on my birthday coming up. Uh, we'll, sure, I'm sure we'll talk about them. But at, between then and the Super Bowl, we're going to be having our group do our mm-hmm. our um, the finals thing, and we're actually going to live broadcast it. Uh, well, we're going to record it. I don't, I don't think we're going to put it live, it. but yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we are. I, we can figure that out. Let's rewind. <laughs> yeah. We're going to record it and put it up on the internet for everyone to see. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so then that way everyone can sort of like say, like, what the hell are you talking Or maybe we could put it live at one point, and then everyone can say live while we're – how stupid we are, which, yeah, It doesn't matter who we choose. We're still stupid. People are like, Peyton Manning, that guy was a bum. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, you, you know t- t- take away that five head and he's nothing. <laughs> it's funny how after we stopped playing football, it went down to a normal size head. No, no, no. Yeah. Those, those I'm sure, uh, I'm nationwide sure, I'm sure his commercials. wife's HGH had nothing to do with that. No, no. Yeah, exactly. You think his forehead's big? Let's look at his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But uh, that sort of segues into because you and I said like because we did prep a little bit this time because there's just so many it's legends. Weird. Yeah, I know so many legends who passed away. Uh, so we thought we'd just sort of like rather than do the death roll, we'll just talk about a couple people who passed away. Then sort of like have a bit of fun with the fictitious halls. And somebody, if we, w- if you and I would have started talking about six, seven years ago and started this process, Kevin Green, who passed away, what, two years ago, would have been one of the hot debated per- people, for sure. W- wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. He, um, he's kind of, in many ways, like Frank Gore. Um, Frank mm-hmm. Gore is third on the all-time rush list. Kevin Green's third on the all-time sack list. Both of them played for tons of teams. Well, Gore's going to set a record, I think, for playing for the most games. But, I mean, Kevin Green was never... He played for the Rams for seven years and three with the Steelers, one with the Panthers, another with the Niners, two more back with the Panthers, and ended up as a coach with Green Bay and the Jets. Uh, But he was one of those guys who was very much like... Was he really that great, or was he just a compiler of stats? Now, part of the thing is, if you're third in sacks, and I understand sacks have only been kept as an official stat since, what, like 1982? Right, yeah, Something along those lines. 
so we're never going to know how mean Joe Green, how many sacks the man really had, right? Um, but still, if you're third over the last, that was 38 years ago, mm-hmm. that's still pretty darn impressive. But there was a ton of debate when he was, when he was up. Yeah, in terms of pass rushing, he was one of the best of what he did in the last 40 years. Uh, God, I feel like sort of like dumping on him now doesn't seem so inappropriate. I I, I always felt a bit that he was kind of built up kind of by the media, this uh, charismatic white guy with uh, with the flowing blonde hair. Not unlike one of our semifinalists that they have out there now. Uh, with Jared Allen. Yeah, right, yeah. Just, just different hair color. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm sure that's sort of like going to come up in in our future conversation. Nevertheless, uh, dying at age 58, did we ever find out why? Uh, Hold on, let me double check. I I, I never actually saw that originally. Um, Because when I I did, you know, like the quick... uh, uh, I was about to say autopsy. What the hell? Uh, obituary. Oh, I've been watching way too much SVU. I clearly did not <laughs> do the autopsy on Kevin Green. Uh, but when I did <laughs> the obituary, uh, it, it ju- I remember just said, like, nothing was known, but 58. Holy yeah. shit. You know, we joked about yeah, being no, in HGH, just, but... Nothing was, it, it still says nothing was known. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, we were just joking about Peyton and HGH, but... You know, not to be accusatory, but probably, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's the second Hall of Famer to die at 58 this year. Uh, I don't know if you remember Chris Dolman way back in one of our first shows, which was 58, when he passed. Yeah. When he passed, uh, Leo Blastoma, which is a type of cancer. Um so, yeah, I, I still don't see anything up here for how Kevin Green passed. But, um, I mean, still, regardless of whether or not he it's debatable or he would cause a lot of debate, he, he got into the Hall of Fame on his fifth time as a finalist. Um, he's been, I mean, he's one of, the, one of the best pass rushers of the 90s easily, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and one hell of a football player, regardless of whether you think he should be in or not i'm someone who thought he should have been in uh he's he's i mean it's just it's sad for someone who seemed to love life as much as he did not to be here anymore you know what i mean yeah at such a young age uh and actually the third former pro wrestler that we'll talk about because he wrestled in world championship wrestling Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, teamed up uh in one match with uh roddy piper and uh rick flair all due respect to Ric Flair, I would have thought that Ric Flair would have been the first out of those three to die, and he's the only one alive. Kind of crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Rick, there's, there are certain people who are like, like, Tom Petty's dead, but Keith Richards is still alive. Mm-hmm. But like, other folks, it's just, it's so random. Life, life in the end of it is random, man. It just is. Well, th- that's honestly why... I- Sort of segueing off the deep end here, but what else is new? It's it's why I had this neighbor back in Alberta, and like they worked out nonstop. This couple, and you know, and I'm always sitting out the back drinking beer because it's this this open area. 
And so this, you know, and, one, and, she, and she said to me, like, you know, like, maybe you should sort of, like, take it easy. I said, like, really? Like, you've been, you've had, like, since you've moved here, and it was, like, June, you've been off sick 15 days. Your husband threw out his back three times. I'm a physical <laughs> wreck, and I've never missed a day of work. <laughs> yeah, well, and then for any members of the, bar, or the uh, Bayesian uh, uh, government listening, he actually is not technically working now, so he's not overstaying his visa. <laughs> well, that, that's true. But back then, I was legitimately employed in the traditional sense. Right. Yeah. So, but anyway, anyway, going back, going back to Kevin Green. I mean, he was one of the three starters on the All Ninety defense at linebacker with Junior Seau and Derek Thomas. Fuck. Um, so. I mean, those, those are your three, the three defend, defenders. Interestingly, though, none of the backup guys uh, have been on there. Hardy Nickerson, Cornelius Bennett, and LeVon Kirkland, although Bennett is a semifinalist this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, I mean that, if you're the third linebacker in that group, it's kind of hard not to, True. not to put you up and in and over. So, no. so. anyway, a, a, a sad farewell, much too young to Kevin Green. Yeah, uh, and then then another major Hall of Famer from your neck of the woods, uh, Casey Jones. Yeah, I mean, uh, rough time for Celtics. Casey Jones. Huh? Yeah, I mean it's been rough. So, so uh, Heinsohn and Jones's number, Heinsohn's fifteen is right above Jones's twenty-five on the banners uh, up in Boston. Um, yeah, there's also a really famous picture in Boston that's uh, after winning one of the titles. It's uh, Russell sitting next to um, Auerbach and Heinsohn, Casey Jones, and Jim Luskatoff bending over the top of one of the most famous Boston uh, Celtics pictures. And, I mean, Auerbach's been gone for a while now. But all those guys, the other three guys, have all died in the last year. And Russell's the only guy left. Um, so, but, I mean, Casey Jones, 88 years old, a uh, member of 12 uh, championship teams. He's on the, he's a two-time NCAA champion. He was on the, those teams with Bill Russell mm-hmm. at the University of San Francisco. Had his number retired by the Dons out there. Um, he won eight championships with the Celtics, uh, two as a player, two as an assistant coach, and then two as the head coach um, for the Celtics. So, I mean, another guy who... He was only there for 12 championships as opposed to, as opposed to the 18 that Heinsohn was there. But still one of the, uh, easily one of the most important players in the history of the Celtics. And, and uh, just an all-around like, good guy, probably underrated as a coach, um, but just an all-around great player and, and uh, another beloved member of the Celtics who unfortunately passed away. Um, Christmas Olympic gold medalist too, I think. I believe he is. I believe that's correct. Yeah, nineteen sixty. I think so. Yep, fifty-six. Oh, fifty-six. Sorry, but I mean, like, just my God, the the trophy case that this man had just had to be crazy. Yeah, yeah he he like it, in the U.S. Capitol, every state is allowed to put in two statues of people that they have, and they were, had them all in one room, the statuary hall, 
for there not to be too many states in the forest danger of collapsing, I kind of feel like that's how his trophy room was. <laughs> like any more trophies in the room might have collapsed. So, uh, died at eighty-eight. So you know, long eighty. It was eighty-eight, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, he was eighty-eight years old. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at that 1956 team for the uh, for the U.S. It had it had two guys named Casey Jones and Bill Russell, which probably helped. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm I'm sure it definitely did not hurt. Well, yeah. They, so they they beat the Philippines, Japan, and Thailand in the first round, uh, and then oh wow, yeah, the, that must playoff, be hard. In the playoffs, I feel they are here. In the playoffs, they beat Uruguay in the first round, one hundred and one to thirty-eight, in the in the um, in the semifinals, and then beat the Soviet Union eighty-nine fifty-five. Uruguay lost one one to thirty-eight, went on to beat France uh, to win the bronze. Hmm. So. I always thought that Uruguay, like considering their disadvantage to Paraguay, because there was a pair of Guays as opposed as opposed to just the one, <laughs> you know, like they've done so well. <laughs> Geography joke, Paraguay. yes. Yeah, it was, it was good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Par- the difference the problem Paraguay has is if you want to play for Paraguay in any sport, you have to speak Quechua. Is that the true? language of the Incas, because that's the language they use on the field. It's basically a code, so that no other team can understand them. Well, it's done wonders for them in the World Cup, hasn't it? And for, I mean, Paraguay doesn't have as many people as you might think, uh, so they've not they haven't done so terribly for a country their size, particularly one who fought a war. I, I tell you, South American history is one of my favorite things. There used to be a part of South America that nobody claimed. Right? It was just like dense forest. Nobody lived there except native folks that didn't claim it. Until Exxon came around and said, we think there's oil there. And so Bolivia and Paraguay fought a war over the land, which Paraguay won, only to find out that there was no oil there, which led to a civil war and the overthrowing of the government. And by the time this whole thing was done, like six or seven years later, one-third of the adult male population of Paraguay had died. Over this war, over the t- war and the and the and the uh, the revolution, yeah, one third of the adult male population, like seven years. You know, somewhere there's a far left winger shaking their head, saying, "Yeah, I knew it." <laughs> Who would have thought Exxon would have caused a war? But yeah, <laughs> so. damn it! I wow, I love yeah. that. I I love learning this stuff. All right, well, I yeah, guess South American history is ridiculous, but nobody ever learns it. So I, well, I, I, I gotta say, that after learning this stuff, I'm, I'm, I, I want to learn more shit. This, this is fascinating. Just, you should just go read about the War of the Pacific, the La Guerra de la Pacifica between Peru, Argentina, uh, Peru, Chile, and Bolivia. What's it called? The War of Pacifica of the Pacific. Yeah, War the War of the Pacific. Essentially, well, Bolivia and Peru. I may have talked about this show before, but Bolivia and Peru decided Chile was going to attack them. And so they attacked Chile before they could, because Chile had like all their forces up at the border, mainly because the rest of their border is defended by the Andes Mountains. So there's no point in having anyone there. Uh, and so the other two attacked him first, and Chile just kicked their butts. And they ended up, Bolivia at that point had access to the sea. And they kicked Bolivia's butt so badly they had one city left, and the king of 
Olivia at the time, traded their at last access to the sea for six white horses in the trade in the treaty to end the war. So Bolivia's been landlocked ever since because the king of Bolivia wanted six white horses. You know, that almost sounds like something Bob Dylan would sing about. It does sound like something. Oh, yeah. And while this is going on, by the way, Argentina, on the other side of the Andes, Chile claimed, like, the whole southern part of South America. While they're fighting the war, Argentina's like, oh, well, in that case, we'll take it. And, and just took over the southern part of South America because Chile couldn't get there. And all the natives who lived there, they literally forced down to Tierra del Fuego and like the lemmings, they forced them to jump off the end of the continent and into the ocean and cleared out. That's why Argentina is so white and has no natives, because people used to live there. They essentially ethnically cleansed all of the natives out and basically forced them to jump off the bottom of the continent. Jesus Christ. Well, and on that yeah. note... And later, <laughs> and, and later, they took all the Nazis. <laughs> oh, gee, Wow. <laughs> Wow. I love that country. I, I used to live there, and I love that country. But they got some crappy history, too. So You know what? At the anyway. end of the day, what country doesn't? It, when, I don't when, know. Do you think, you think Liechtenstein's ever really done anything wrong? San Marino? I, you know what? I'm sure there is in their own little – In their own sort of um, – what's the word I'm looking for? In their own way, that sort of is representative of their population. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I live in an awesome country right now whose stance on LGBT is disgusting to me, even though they've got an obviously lesbian prime minister. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, every every country's done something wrong, including Hungary, by the way, apparently, because uh, the... the, the, she struck? struck What'd she do? She did. Uh, she unfortunately took Kasaba Ali. I don't know how to pronounce that because I'm not Hungarian. And Hungarian sounds like um, it sounds like a Star Wars language, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, it, it, so it's C-S-A-B-A. No, that, that, that's like Fred. Kisaba. That's Fred. Oh, that's Fred. Okay. Fred Ali. No, Kasaba Ali, who uh, swam for Hungary in the uh, 1964 Summer Olympics in two events passed away at the age of 74. Mm. So she took a week off, but with the extra week, we gave her time to catch up. So. Jesus. You know, we, we, anyway. I should ask uh, Vinny, our resident uh, young anime person. He could probably uh, commission someone to draw the beige mistress. Probably. Yeah, I would say that's probably true. So anyway, going back, though, should we... Briefly mention that. I know we're not going to talk about it a ton, but the Basketball Hall of Fame came up with their preliminary nominees. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's just so many. I mean, like, I think rather than go through them all. like 200 of them, right? Oh, my God. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's great and it sucks at the same time because there's no way that anyone can really give a shit. Mm. You can't. When you're looking at right. all these different categories – and again, I, I didn't even count them all, but it's probably about 200 nominees. It's not even worth it to go through them all. So much so that they don't even go through them all. They just list the names. There's no bios. There's nothing. So, um, but uh, I, I think we can both agree that there's two big names 
who are eligible for the first time, Paul Pierce, who right. probably will headline that class, which will be a separate class. It is worth noting that uh, Kobe's class with Kobe, Tim Duncan, and uh, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Yeah, uh, that's they're not going to be combining classes like baseball will do. They're going to do two separate classes. So I can't see how Pierce isn't the, the headliner unless they want to put Chris Bosh over him. It, well, yeah, it's going to be Pierce and Bosch. Yeah. Like, both those guys yeah. will be in and somebody else. Like, and that was interesting. One of the other first-time nominees, clearly not his first-time eligible, first-time nominee, Michael Cooper. I was surprised he had never been nominated based on the standards of the hall, of the basketball hall. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much Pierce, Bosch, and maybe someone like Chauncey Phillips or Chris Webber finds their way in as, a, like, a third I modern candidate. Think- Weber, I mean, I, and again, I, I could be mistaken here. I'm just Weber to me. I've been championing Weber for a long, long time. Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, for, for those not aware, it's it's encompassing all aspects of basketball: your college, even your high school, everything, international. It's the whole body of work. Now, Chris Weber was his his work at University of Michigan was technically expunged. Like it didn't work. Like it didn't exist. Yeah, and that's that's just stupid. I'm sure. sorry, <laughs> but that that's now over. Mm-hmm. So, does, well, I mean, I mean, no one remembers anything that Chris Weber did in college. No, of course so, not. Sure, I'm sure he doesn't see that every March. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I mean, like, does does like, and again, this is the other thing that drives me up the flipping wall. I don't even know who the hell decides on this. Yeah, yeah that's also true. The basketball... I mean, that's, that's, one the, that's one of the things we've talked about with all of our our committees that we have meeting and everything like that, that we are trying to be as absolutely transparent as we possibly are, or as possibly could be. Yeah. Oh. But we don't, uh, because that, that, that's one of the great mysteries of all of these things, is that we just don't know why, like the Rock Hall... We have no idea why anything happens in the Rock Hall other than someone like little Stevie Van Zandt likes someone. Like, there, there's, no other, there's no other rhyme or reason. The Basketball Hall, we don't even know who's in charge of nominations. Zero. No idea how many people they are, where they come up with, if the committees overlap, because there's the North American group, international group, uh, pioneer group, uh, early African-American pioneer group. Uh, contributor group, uh, uh, just all sorts of shit that I should care more about considering that this is what I do and I don't. And that's a problem. Mm -hmm. If I don't care. And you are, you are the demographic who should care more than anybody else. I would think so. Yeah. And, and it's tough for me to give a shit. So. Yeah. It's what well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I will say this: uh, Pierce, I think, is a lock. I think there's another first-year lock. And as much as people might think from listening to past shows that I hate women's basketball, I don't hate women's basketball. I hate it when the WNBA is sort of whining about their existence, how they're not as good as the, how they don't make as much money as the NBA, because it's pretty obvious why they don't. I want right. them to succeed. 
I really want them to succeed, but whatever. Lauren Jackson is a first ballot inductee in my eyes, and she's she's now on the Agreed. ballot. Yeah, agree. There's, I mean, there's. Again, we've talked about how the how like strange the standards are by the basketball hall. I don't think it matters what the standards are of the basketball hall. If you're going to have men and women in the same hall, Lauren Jackson meets every criteria of the hall of fame for sure. For sure, and, and, and she'll and, get in. And another another first time nominee they had not first ballot though. Yolanda Griffith is also somebody mm-hmm. who should get some serious consideration, and she very so. well might. Yeah, and that's so. and that's the shitty thing that they do. The the basketball has grown so much in the last thirty years, but the basketball Hall of Fame has not, mm-hmm. and it's their own damn fault. Yeah. Because there's no reason why that shouldn't grow with it. Uh, I mean, we, you and I have talked about how baseball hates itself. Yet the Baseball Hall of Fame is still the be-all and end-all of Sports Hall of Fames. Until something else might take its place. But we'll talk about that in a couple months. Right. Yes, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think Canton is right up there, too. The Hockey Hall is way far down. Um, it's honestly, it's honestly baseball, it's honestly baseball, football, and rock. I think rock and roll is that's a top three, and then everybody else. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Hockey Hall of Fame is they're they just sit back and they're modest, and they because they don't have to be. I suppose I don't know why. Uh, if that makes any sense, maybe because they were the were they the first. See, baseball was thirty six. Hockey was right up there. Yeah, they're they're right way up there if they weren't first. Yeah, uh, so. but I mean, there's just less hockey players and baseball players, so less of a thing to draw from. Which is again why we, sure. and you and I have talked about that before. Why, you know, when I thought about it, if any sports hall of fame can sort of take up take a, a Lou year, it was the hockey hall of fame. Now, if the Sedin yeah. twins die in a plane crash, aren't they going to feel stupid? Yes. Fortunately, nobody can travel on planes. So, <laughs> and, and, and I will say, I will say I'm kind of looking forward to the way they set up the NHL season this year. Since the Canadian teams can't cross the border, I think it's kind of awesome. Except for the fact that the NBC schedule has the Detroit Red Wings, who are putrid, on for like three, three games just because they're, uh, 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 you know, original 16. Um, but, like, the fact that there's the like the Northeast, by the way, this is the first year they, in their history, the Bruins Canadians will not be in the same division. Oh, um, wow. So that's kind of weird. That. Yeah. Well, it was, first, first time wow. founding of the Bruins in 28. So I, I grew up in sort of the, 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 the era of 21 teams. Mm-hmm. And I, my dad, who I, I think I've mentioned before is not a sports guy. And so I started watching hockey like all Canadians do. He's like, why are you bothering watching, watching until the playoffs? Like, what do you mean? <sighs> There's 21 teams. 16 make the playoffs. So you're going to waste five months to watch five teams get eliminated? What am I going to say? He's right. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, back then he was right. But, yeah, I, just, I love the fact, like, this division for the Bruins, like Bruins, Sabres, Islanders, Rangers, Flyers, Capitals, 
penguins. Did you see who Washington just picked up today? Oh, God, yeah, I know. It's crazy to me. Uh, The fact that Zdeno Chara, A, is still playing hockey. Because I think I've told you before, down to three players who are officially still playing in the professional sports who were were playing in the 1990s. And they're all hockey players. The last three 1990 standing, presuming that Bartolo Colon, who's playing professionally, but not in the majors, and Adam Vinatieri, who didn't play this year, but I'm not officially sure it's done. I think he's officially retired. No, officially, yeah, yeah. done, The only ones left are Chara, Joe Thornton, and Patrick Marlowe. And those are the last three guys from the 90s. Chara's going to be 45 this year, which is old for a hockey player not named Gordie Howe. Chara could keep playing and then sort of like equal his height if he makes it to 68. <laughs> Who do you think he is? Yarmir Yager? Also number 68? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's, and that also almost defies logic because when you're that big, there's just so much more of you to get hurt. Yeah. It's giving, again, not, not what we're talking about present teams. So I'm interested to see what the Bruins do now because Chara had certainly fallen to our second line uh, defender. Uh, Matt Grizzlick has taken over as the first line with uh, Charlie McAvoy. But, like, we have no other left-handed defenseman because Tory Krug's gone, too. So I don't know, I don't know how, what they're going to do. They need, they need someone who can – they have a whole bunch of untested guys on the left Jesus. side of that defense Char- uh, that they need to figure I, out here. I just realized so quickly. Char's been playing so long. So, like, because when I was li- I living in all, I saw him play in, as a senator, and like, which made me mm-hmm. think, like, holy shit. I saw him play hockey before I met my wife, and we've been together 17 years. Yeah, I, I saw Chara when it, I was doing my single worst job I've ever done. I've had 30, not counting, well, my current job, I guess, is technically job 39, even though I'm with the same company. But uh, I, I've done 39 things in my life. The single worst job I've ever had was selling high-end cashmere sweaters at a Costco in Everett, Massachusetts. And Everett is like the most blue-collar town you could possibly imagine in, in, on the East Coast. And these sweaters were $400 a piece. Sounds at so a Costco. specific. Yeah, at a Costco. And who walked into the Costco? But right, like two days after he signed his second contract at the Bruins, was a Dano Chara, and I'm presuming his wife? She looked like she was out of a, like a Russian Mail Order Bride catalog. <laughs> that's how she was dressed. I'm presuming it was his wife. But even without skates, that dude was so big. It was just weird. Like, I'm at the, the Everett Costco, and Zidane Chara walks in for some reason to Costco. And I'm like, you just signed a $7 million a year contract. Why are you at a Costco or at a Costco in Everett? It's very, very strange. But, yeah, so uh, that, was, that was when I just met my wife. And I said, so oh, no, he must have just signed. I've been with my wife since 2006, so he must have just signed at that point. How many sweaters did you sell them? I sold eight and seven got returned. (laughs) Sold eight sweaters in two weeks and seven got returned. Most people looked at me like I was crazy. And I agreed with them. But it was was a temporary job. I needed something to do while I was waiting for something else. It was over the holidays. So, yeah. It was was my single worst job I've ever had. I hated every second of that job. Uh, one, yeah. one day I'll talk about, oh, God, I've had a lot of jobs I hated. Thank God I do this. Uh, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe we segue into just a couple happy things 
So the fictitious hall, we've got, uh, let's go through the least sort of interesting one, the fictitious veteran. That's now going oh, to be... The, oh, oh, for, for the uh, athlete, right? Yeah, for the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame. Uh, so Okay, well, so give us the nominees. I have a guess. I'm pretty sure this one is pretty easy as to who it was going to be. But yeah. go ahead and give, give us the final one. Right, so it's Harold Lamb. Okay. Uh, the Joe Pendleton and Joe Boyd. Yeah, Joe Boyd from Damn Yankees, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's Joe Boyd. You're right. Joe Boyd is the newest yeah. member of the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame, played by Tab Hunter, and it's a pretty easy, simple story that was great then, and it's great now. Guy who hates the mm-hmm. Yankees, super fan of the Washington Senators, which at the time existed, now the Minnesota Twins, wanted to sort of like beat those damn Yankees, be a superstar, and he did, and he was, and it's a cute little story. Nice. So we, I'm all for that. All right. So good. That, that's a good choice by the group. Yes. So and and again, and if, sorry. If you told me something beforehand, I didn't know. What's that? That you do not monitor how the, like I would not if I had one of these, I would be monitoring all the time. No, never. How not at all. Was doing. Well, I, you don't monitor it at all. No, because I have to go through the back end, and I'm always busy creating and stuff. If I do that, then it would just be another thing that stops me from creating articles. But no, I, I don't look at any of this until I send it to uh, uh, Ted, the web, my webmaster. Okay, here are winners. And then sometimes he'll, he'll correct me as to like, wait a minute, how, shouldn't, <laughs> should, it, which has happened before. Uh, like, like, what do you mean? Like, because sometimes I'll miss something. But okay. yeah, it, it, no, I, I, I don't monitor it at all. And my vote, your vote, it's equal to one vote. You know, it's pure democracy. The only time I ever fudge shit, I didn't fudge anything. I was open about it. Rocky Balboa was the inaugural nominee. That's it. Right. Yeah, and that's when he came up with it. That's easy enough. So. Yeah. Only well, I because I could not fathom putting something like this together and having Rocky not get in right away. Because if it didn't, <laughs> I would have said, fuck this and not not continued. <laughs> You're serious. I, wouldn't, I would not have. <laughs> And this is your hall, goddammit, so I understand. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the only time I played God. Fair enough. With that, and I, I, think, I think I get a pass. Yep, I agree. So do we get to another death before we go into some another fictitious hall? Oh, sure, yeah, I, I see what you're doing. Yeah, do you want to... Uh, How about Phil Negro? Do... Because the, the, the only yeah, reason I say that I, is I realized, and I was going back through the history of it, uh, I actually saw Phil Negro play when he was a Blue Jay, mm-hmm. which was only three games, right? So, no, so no, I was actually at a game. Wow! At Exhibition Stadium. Uh, so Phil Negro passed away, uh, but I guess before before that, for those not aware, uh, great knuckleball pitcher, baseball Hall of Famer, entered uh, fifth year of eligibility, I believe, three hundred game yep. club. Uh, ageless, except if you looked at him. Like, holy, yeah, agreed. Holy His arm was ageless, sh- his hair was not. <laughs> well, his face, too. It's like, I, I look back, and it's sort of funny, because I was thinking, like, so he would have been playing at age 47. I'm 48 now, which, and I remember when, when I went to that game, 
Because I was talking, again, I was talking to my dad, and he doesn't remember what games he because he hates baseball. All he did was he would do his baseball impression, and he would just stand there at the seventh inning stretch and grab his ball. So I was like, "Yeah, see, I'm I'm stretching," which was fun. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. But he did. But anyway, so like, yeah, back at old Exhibition Stadium, uh, in his final farewell, the Jays signed him briefly, and he was start he started that day. And I'm looking at, and I knew who he was, you know, because I just was collecting baseball cards up the wazoo. But so it was kind of cool seeing somebody who I knew was a legend, and who I knew yeah. was it, like this was pretty much it. I think uh, if I if I remember correctly, he lost. He had to have lost because he never won a game as with Toronto. I think he got shellacked right. in like four innings or so. But then I looked at him again. Then I looked at him thinking like, okay, so I'm 48 now. He would have been 47. And I thought, holy shit, he's old. Well, I'm older than him now. And then I looked back to see what he looked like. No, I was right. He was old. He went to the Lee. <laughs> it, like borrowing from what we just cut. There's another callback. He went to the Lee Marvin School of Aging. Mm. Like, yeah, but I, I've, always, I've always felt like all those people were constantly walking around in a cloud of cigarette smoke. Probably. Like everywhere you went, and you cigarette smoke. And I honestly think the fact that we're not all walking around cigarette smoke is why we don't look as old as like previous generations did. Well, Phil Negro at age 47, and I saw a picture of him at 77, isn't much different. Yeah, there isn't. Just like I'm sure Greg Oden at 77 will look like Greg Oden at 17. <laughs> I'm positive yeah. on that. So, yeah, so, just like one a of the, legend, though. I mean, like, no, I, one of the amazing things I saw that came out was, so he was a rookie in 64 and his pitch, he started the Milwaukee Braves in 64, and it, after the, the, the Rays traded for him, or, I'm not sorry, the Rays, the Jays traded for him and released him after three games. And so he ended up with the Atlanta Braves at the very last bit of his career. So in 64... He was teammates with Warren Spahn, who was a rookie in 1942. Oh, right? my God. So Spahn's last year of his career. He was, a, he was on that team. Hall of Famer Warren Spahn was on the team with, uh, with Necro. Necro's last game, he was on team with uh, 1987 Atlanta Brave rookie Tom Glavin, <laughs> whose, last, whose last game was in 2008. Who was on his team? Yeah, so he was on a team with a guy who was a rookie in 42, who's a Hall of Famer, and the guy who was, uh, whose last game was in 2008 and is a Hall of Famer. And I mean, just think how long, what a span of time that is. It's absolutely crazy. It's 70, what is that? Oh, no, I'm sorry, it's 66 years between the three of them. And, and at least one of them was in baseball, which is amazing. So I, I also love the quote that he had about... Um, the late Ralph Kiner talking about trying to hit, uh, trying to hit his uh, his his knuckleball because because the other thing was Nico threw a knuckleball from a sidewinding position, like he wasn't throwing over the top like Tim Wakefield. He threw from like Dan Quisenberry, not quite that far down. But, like he threw sidearm knuckleballs, but Ralph Kiner called uh, the special pitch uh, try, like watching Mario Andretti park a car. <laughs> <laughs> watching Nico throw, throw a knuckleball. 
I just I like that I like the idea that watching yeah watching someone that fast do do something or something that great just park a car as opposed to throw a fastball. That's awesome. I, I just like these things. So. No, uh, it, it yeah. just it just made me sort of like feel blessed when I sort of thought thought, thought about like holy shit, you know I, I got to see Negro pitch live like that is I, I know doesn't matter that it was as a Blue Jay. It's like when I finally saw Michael Jordan live, it was as a Wizard. Don't care, still got to see it. Right. True, that's true. I I'm still disappointed. I went and saw one Giants game in, in Pac Bell Park in 2008. And the game ended with Barry Bonds and the batters and the on deck circle oh. didn't start that day. Oh man, it's very very sad. Uh, by the way, another great another great quote um, that they had: Pete Rose, I get I get work for three weeks doing my straight swing down pat and still messed it up in one night trying to hit that knuckleball's a miserable way to make a living. And uh, Bob Buecher, Negro struck out a hitter once and I never touched the ball. Hit me in a spin guard. Bounced out to Cleet Boyer at third base, and he threw the runner out at first. It was a strikeout with a two-five-three assist. <laughs> oh, awesome! I think what also amazed me when I was looking back, it took him five years to get in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, we we talked about the Baseball Hall of Fame. They're probably not electing anybody this year. Oh my God! It looks like well, well, we'll see. We will see. I know, although Helton and Roland have been picking up quite a bit, which is great. So thank you, uh, Mr. Tibbs. Oh, that. I love but that like, guy. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, it doesn't look like they're electing anyone. And so when he got elected in 97, they elected nobody the year before, 96. Um, so Schmidt was elected in 95. They elected nobody in 96. And that 96 ballot has... Six Hall of Famers plus Joe Torre, who got elected as a manager. Mm-hmm. And then this 97 has the same six guys, with Necro the only one getting in, Sutton just missing. And then Tony Perez, Ron Santo, Jim Rice, and Bruce Souter rounding it out. The number six guy in that ballot, Steve Garvey, has never really gotten anywhere with the Hall. And Jim Cotton is right below Souter. So, right. Since you bring up um, Garvey... And you're going to have to rein me back in again because I'm going to go on another tangent. I've come up with a fourth Uh-oh, show. Okay. A fourth show idea. You know what the third show is, which hasn't come okay, out yet. Me. The fourth show is yeah. I shit on Cameo. Okay. And Steve Garvey's on Cameo. You know Cameo, right? Of course I know Cameo. I've considered getting a couple for people. Okay. So Steve Garvey's on that. So I was just – I lost myself in a night, like right before, like I go to bed and then I'm just like, eh, well, wife's asleep. It's like, all right, bring the computer into bed and it's just like, I'm going on cameo and I'm just looking at shit for three hours. Steve Garvey there who now looks like Harry Carey. <laughs> and it's, I was just thinking like, holy shit, like this is a show. They're just like Evan and I could just like rip on people doing cameo for like Hall of Fame shit. <laughs> like if, if things get really, or maybe not a full fourth fourth show, but you and I could just like we got nothing. Okay, let's just look at Hall of Famers or people who shouldn't, <laughs> and we'll just look at their cameos. Here's my question for you: If I wanted to, could I order Steve Garvey and Steve Harvey for somebody? I don't think I don't know if Steve Harvey's on that. Mm, he'd probably say the wrong name anyway. He might. Oh, well, good. Oh, well done. Well done. 
Thank you. I, I've been thinking that the whole time you've been talking about it. So uh, Tia Carrera's uh, on that, and she looks fantastic, by the way. Oh, uh, of course she does. Big, big shock that that's one of my crushes. If you're a regular listener, yeah. So, yeah, of course she does. Yes. But uh, anyway, all right. So, should we go back, or do you? Yeah, can let's I go back. Clear out a couple of uh, clear out a couple of uh, smaller names right now, just while we've been thinking about, it, and then we can go back into something more fun. Uh, sure. Yeah. Do it. All right. Let's, let's clear out a couple. Um, so this, this week, uh, last couple of weeks, uh, some of the folks who passed away, uh, we lost Art Berglund, who was the, uh, American ice hockey coach and executive inducted the international hockey hall of fame in 2008, uh, mostly in charge of USA hockey from 1996 on, uh, he passed away at the age of 80, uh, earlier this week. Uh, last week, actually, uh, we lost from also from the world of sports. Uh, hold on a second here. Uh, Lloyd Phillips, member of the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, Outland Trophy winner, two-time All-American, uh, played for the Chicago Bears for three for uh, three years, out of Arkansas, defensive end, passed away at the age of seventy-five. Also was the athletic director of Louisiana Lafayette, Oklahoma State, and Clemson during his career. Uh, we lost, um, we're going to talk about some of these folks. I want to make sure I'm not missing him. Frankie Randall passed away, who was a boxer, uh, 58 and 18 in his career, but most oh. of his losses came mm-hmm. towards the end when he wasn't, should not have been fighting anymore. Mm. Uh, but most importantly, he's the most, he's the first person ever to knock out Julio Cesar Chavez or ever beat Chavez back in 1994. Um, so he was, of course, uh, tested positive for drugs, uh, for PEDs at one point. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he passed away at the age of 59. I didn't see a cause of death for him. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't actually see a cause of death for him, but, uh, yeah, he passed away at age of, of 59, which for a boxer is unfortunately sometimes the way things go. Sadly, yes. Um, and that's it. And then the rest are in music. So let's let's move on from there. We'll come back to everybody else. All right. Later. So the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame contributors. So I'm I'm going to go uh, from lowest to highest. Okay. So these are the people who did not get in. Okay. All right. So the lowest votes. Uh, so it was the 15 who made it to the to the as contributors. Yeah, and again, how many got in? Uh, two. Okay. All right. Caretaker. When you get to the final five, let me guess. Just so get, when you get to the final five, let me guess. Sure. All right. So caretaker Chris Rock finished last. Okay. All right. Longest yard. Yep. Terrence Mann, played by James Earl Jones. Uh, from uh, Field of Dreams. Pepper Brooks, Dodgeball. It's a bold strategy, but let's okay. see how it works out for him. Yeah, okay. Ken Reeves, White Shadow. Uh, it's too bad he was that low. Uh, uh, we'll get Ken Reeves in there one day. I, just I need hope a, so. I need a better campaign on this, on, on this show. Uh, Ray Kinsella, also Field of Dreams. So Kevin Costner. Mm, Field of yeah, so Kevin Costner failed to get in a second time. Hmm. 
John Kreese. Oh, really? Karate Kid is not in, so he's well, next. Well, way lower than that. I expect he would at least be top five. Okay. He is not. Uh, George Costanza. Oh, good. <laughs> Wait, you hate Seinfeld too? I don't hate Seinfeld. I just don't think – I think there are too many other better people. I have no trouble with George will get in at some point. I just think there are better people than him. So. Yeah, uh, okay. I've all, before I go on, I've learned that Evan and I will have a two-hour discussion longer than the movie of Love Actually. I am pro he is against. I am I'm more against Love Actually than I am against Friends. So oh, you know wow. how much I hate Friends. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> that, and that'll be over the summer when we have nothing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the, the world's greatest umpire, Frank Drebin, Naked Gun. Ooh. Comes as a, what, eight, seven? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight, okay. All right, so it's seventh in voting, Lou Brown. Cleveland Browns, man. Cleveland oh, Browns. I Cleveland like Indians. Brown. I love him, too. You should be in. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, coach of Southwestern Louisiana, Coach Klein, Henry Winkler. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm not surprised you didn't make it. I'm surprised it's that high. All right, so we do, we're in the final five now? We're in the final five. So three did right, not so make it, me, two, two did. Right, so, so give it to me let me try and guess. Sure. Oh, so give you the final five and then you guess guess who got yeah, in from give, that? Yeah, give, give me the final five because I, I don't have the list in front of Oh, okay, okay. All right, so let's see. I'm going to try and do this in alphabetical order then. Uh, Jimmy Dugan from League of Their Own. Okay, we've already had League of Their Own stuff in, so that's a pretty good choice. What else we got? Jerry Maguire. as Jerry Maguire. Ooh. Patches O'Houlihan. Okay. Uh, who's next? I'm sorry. Patches O'Houlihan from Dodgeball. Okay, that's a pretty good choice. Yep. One of the greatest actors in the world, Norman Dale. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, Gene Hackman. Hoosiers. Yeah, Hoosiers. And the gopher. Living actor right now. And the gopher from Caddyshack. <laughs> so yeah, okay. you've got Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, uh, Gene Hackman, uh, Rip Torn, who's not quite in that category, and some guys hand up a puppet. All right. Well, given those, I would vote for, and I, I guess is that. My guess is Norman Dale and Jimmy Dugan. Dugan is in. As no, right. he, he was the top vote getter. Norman Dale finished. Norman Dale finished fifth. Wow! Wait, so is this make Hanks our first two timer? How many two timers do we have now? Uh, Sandler's in uh, twice. The, this uh, Bill Murray's it. No, Bill Murray's not in twice. Uh, he's the second one. Who's the second one? Uh, so I have Patches, the Gopher, and who is the other one? Oh, uh, Patches, the Gopher, Jerry Maguire. But it, like in terms of like two two time nominees for an a- or inductees for an actor, uh, now it's Tom Hanks and uh, shit. I forgot. Adam 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 Sandler. I just said that. God damn it. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. So he's in twice. All right. So the Gopher, Jerry Maguire, and Patches. Uh, Patches of the Land. Um. I'm going to, oh my God, it's probably something stupid like the gopher, but I'll guess Jerry Maguire. No. 
Third. Is it the gopher? Yeah, it's the fucking gopher. <laughs> I'm inducting the gopher. For him. <laughs> yeah, I, I. So I remember. So right at the start, I, I, I before before we went on air, I said like I'm super happy with everything picked, and there's one thing where I'm shaking my head. This is the shaking my head. I. I don't know what I didn't like. I remember when I put this together, thinking, "Ah, no one's gonna vote for this." Well, they did. <laughs> so, congratulations to Tom Hanks and the Gopher, <laughs> who is now a member of the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's that's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie; I enjoy that. Which, I, I, it, it's. It's just the right amount of stupid for us. Which proves I do not fix this. No. Because if wow. nor, for, nor, for Gene Hackman's performance in this not to have gone through is, I think, criminal. But, oh well. <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. What are you going to do? All right. So are we moving back to the, uh, the death rattle for a second? Yeah. You know what? I, th- I think maybe uh, if we're going to do so- stick with something stupid uh, – Something stupid slash fun pro wrestling. We lost a couple of big ones. We did. Uh, if uh, uh, if we all, we all, everyone who listens to us knows that this is your ballywick, so I'm gonna let you talk. Uh, about this. Okay, yeah, so. Uh, yeah. So two very prominent names. Uh, one from the past, who I sh- probably should have gotten a bigger name or like more stuff than it did, uh, without going into too much detail. Where. If we're going into sort of like great U.S. athletes, Danny Hodge is one of those guys. Uh, an incredible amateur wrestler, represented the United States in I God I forgot what Olympics I want to say fifty six. It's the fifty six Olympics. All right, thank you. All right, so yeah, we won a silver, but when he was in college at Oklahoma, he never he never lost and he was never taken down. Never yeah. left his feet. Just that good. Uh, three, so three-time champion in his weight class, 177 pounds. Went to pro wrestling, mostly in the light heavyweight division. Was a big star in the Midwest, staying in Oklahoma in that area. I sort of first became familiar with him because he was a hero of Jim Ross, who would later become the announcer for Monday Night Raw and currently is the announcer for All Elite Wrestling, which we'll tie in a bit later. And so, and just sort of like watched a lot of his old matches. He, you know, he had an, two tendons in his hand, so he could still sc- like scrunch an apple and juice it with his hand until he was in his early eighties. That yeah, I, I see a picture. You look at look at the page. Yeah, yeah. Picture him an apple with one hand in Oklahoma House of Representatives in 2013 when he was 80 years old. Yes, <laughs> it, it, you know, like just insane what he's able to do and what was able to do just I don't know if he was the greatest American amateur wrestler of all time but he's in that conversation he's in top five period mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't know what he passed away of it didn't quite say I think no. he might he got sick in the last couple of years so I, I don't know if it was dementia or anything like that but you know like a, like a real big loss for a sport that like, and I'm speak, I'm speaking more of amateur wrestling than pro wrestling in this in this stage. 
because uh, I was just actually talking about that because I, I went I went to boxer size today and talking talking to somebody who is uh, doing a lot of mixed martial arts down here. And you know, so we were talking about like amateur wrestling and how that almost got taken out of the Olympics not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And break dancing is going to be in the Olympics. We might be talking about that a little, a little bit. I, I can't. Yeah. I don't quite understand that, but yeah. So just a, a, a true legend, not so much in pro wrestling, but really in amateur wrestling. Uh, Danny Hodge. Uh, then another one who's an active wrestler. Well, I just want to say he's a member of the um, the Professional Wrestling Hall yes. of Fame in class 2007, but he was always also just elected to the International Professor Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's going to be the class of 2021 coming up here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, someone who's also on my list for those who should be considered for the WWE Hall of Fame. I think I had him at number 45 last time I checked. Fair enough. Yeah. So. The, the other death was is fairly shocking because he was my age, and I don't like that. Yeah, Brody Lee performed as Luke Harper. I, I get, yeah, he you must have wrestled against your friend Kofi Kingston many, many times. Yeah, Kofi was really broken up about it. Uh, he had all sorts of posts about, about mm-hmm. Brody Lee. I mean, more Jonathan Huber, uh, but was one of the under Luke Harper and one of the uh, what was the name of that group? I can't remember. Uh, the Wyatt Hawaii. family. Yeah, um, but he was uh, WWE had a little bit of a unique earlier this year, where some of the folks whose storylines have been lackluster, for lack of a better word, decided to leave and start their own, their own wrestling group, uh, wrestling league. And he was one of the principal people on Monday. Yeah, and, uh, he. he uh, yeah, died, died yeah, at forty-one he, of yeah. one team. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Just. Because I don't watch pro wrestling like I used to, like, frankly, because it sucks, putting it bluntly. It's just not very entertaining. And if we're watching, mm-hmm. I, I think no matter what it is that we're watching on television or movies, what music, whatever it might be, why do you watch or listen to it? Because it, it entertains you. And wrestling just mm-hmm. doesn't much anymore. Uh so, yeah, uh, Brody Lee, uh, John Huber, was one of the guys who joined AEW uh, partway through. He sought his release because he was just creatively stifled. Uh, had an interesting little character, sort of a takeoff on Vince McMahon, actually. Uh, leader of a group called mm-hmm. The Dark Order. Uh, actually, they, were, they just did a tribute show to him tonight. So uh, that one I'll, I'll be watching probably after we're done talking, see how that sort of went where I know that his wife and kids were there. And I, I think, you know, you don't, and, and again, I don't mean any disrespect here. What he, when he, he wasn't the biggest name, so you don't learn much about his personal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did learn was like, holy shit, everyone loved this guy. The mm-hmm. outpouring for John Huber was... I don't want to say unlike anything I've ever seen because I'm, I'm sure that's not the case, but it exceeded what I thought his name deserved, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And then got picked up on CNN and Fox News on their websites, which yeah. I thought, like, holy crap, that's impressive. Just, And I think a lot of that was just because of the outpouring of love from... Everyone who knew him, just like, just like, 
like what a what a great guy. And but yeah, at forty one, yeah, hey. oh my god. I mean, I I just saw that Xavier Woods, who's uh, also a member of New Day, mm-hmm. uh, wore Brody's name on an armband that eight man tag team match. Uh, I guess two days ago, and Xavier uh, Woods with an armband ended up winning his used uh, Brody Lee's uh, finishing uh, to finish the match. Oh, oh did he? Okay. Yeah, there's a video of it on the song. Yeah, I mean, he was he was absolutely, from all accounts, being bumped. And, I mean, 41 is just shocking, particularly if it, since it doesn't seem like it was normal wrestling causes. Let's put it that way, with yeah. trying to be politically correct about it. No, no, no. It's, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, he even hospitalized, hospitalized since October 20th. He'd been hospitalized for two months with whatever this thing was. Yeah, so, I, I don't even know. I mean, like, it was, I was wondering, like, why the hell is he off TV? And I, I guess yeah. that's why. Apparently, what they did, uh, either a week ago or two weeks ago, uh, that's AW with the dark, at uh, their tapings, they, uh, his kid uh, came out and then pinned the champion, like Kenny Omega. You know, just, and just sort of like a little tribute I, I suppose which I mean I didn't know that happened until he passed so I, right. I guess clearly they knew something bad or that yeah or maybe they, they, they wanted him, they wanted him to see it ahead of time yeah I, I did see briefly before he went on uh, went on air so like they they did the 10 bell salute and his wife and kids were, were right there in the front and it was uh, my god so his kids would be and I, I don't know exactly what age. I'm going to guess eight and two. Mm-hmm. Gee, like, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, for the two-year-old, I mean, they're not going to remember much, but for that eight-year-old? Yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's just, you, you just don't know. I mean, like, and, I, and we, we talk about people dying all the time and like, like Phil Negro, I feel bad, but I don't. At 88 years old, you lived one hell of a life. At 41, yeah. and you're sort of rejuvenated in a new, like your second last second life, after feeling creatively stifled, I'm heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, that was the same thing, not to go political, but there was one of the guys who just got elected to Congress from Louisiana, also 41. Yeah, I just read that, that too. COVID died of COVID earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to politically say anything other than wear a mask. Um, but like 41, it's just, there's, like that guy had two little kids and and everything else. It's, it's just too young. You know what I mean? There's yeah. just too many people who are still depending on you and too much life to live at that point. I mean, I hope we all make it to as long as we all want to live, right? The old, my, the old Abbott and Costello thing, may all of you live as long as you want, none of you want as long as you live. Mm-hmm. I hope that for everybody. But like 41, again, as a 41-year-old for another six days, um, it just, there's, there's too much going on. There's too many people who are counting on There's too much I need to see and, and experience. And I want to be there when my daughter maybe someday walks down the aisle, or at least, you know, graduations and getting into the deal. I, I'm looking forward to dealing with her teen angsty years. You know what I mean? Or, or, like, or kicks a field goal for Vanderbilt. 
Uh, don't go on that tangent, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I know, I know, I know you have a quick tangent. Just go ahead and say your one thing, or we'll get back in off of it. Go ahead. All right. Whoever you are in the AP who voted for Sarah Fuller for Female Athlete of the Year, fuck you. Return your vote. That's the best woman athlete in the year. That's it. Yeah, that's not an anti-Sarah Fuller. It's no. anti-pandering. No, it, it, no. But here's what. Oh, actually, I, I do want to sideways from that. Because it did take away from the one who did win it, Naomi Osaka. So you have right-wing sports journalists saying, well, she only won it because she, she supports BLM. No, she won it because she was clearly the best female athlete. But because you so because of, of some of this other stuff, you've opened up the door for people to say that Naomi Osaka didn't deserve to win this when she clearly did. Yeah. That, that, I, just, I just want to say that. That's kind of what get what sort of ticks me off about all this other. Ah, screw it, I'm done. I, I've already said all this shit. I don't want to say it anymore. Yeah, right. And again, this has nothing to do with the player. This no, has to do with the stupidity of, of it. No, so. I, not, not like just the stupidity of of, of the coverage that she Correct. got for something that has already happened and better on better teams. If if, if Vander if if relegation like in in English Premier League happened in college football, Vanderbilt would be in the Sun Belt, and the Sun Belt teams would say, all right, bring it on. Right, yes, understood. That's so. it, I'm done. <laughs> anyway, okay, we're, we're off of that. So, do you want to flip back at this yes. point over to, uh, to some... Um, yeah, fictitious fun. So, uh, yeah, so let, let's go to... All right, so we had three, usually you have three. Do we have two or three getting in for the... Uh, Three. Actual athlete. Yeah, three. Three, okay. So are you, are you going to give me a countdown again? Yep. Yeah, so uh, we have 15. So finishing 15th, Peter LaFleur, dodgeball, Vince Vaughn. Dodgeball did get, it had, had enough love to get finalists, but no more than that. Yeah, it's not, yeah we, we've never had any uh, inductees. I imagine it's going to be Patches eventually as the first, but I don't know. Yeah, it seems to Okay. Uh Jeff the Dude Lebowski, 14th. Not, not really an athlete, so I understand that one. Although the, the dude does abide. Yeah, it's one of those sort of fringe things because, like, you love the character and it qualifies technically. But, but that's just your opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Uh, Billy Chapel, Kevin Costner. Ooh, didn't make it there either. Okay. Yeah, uh, although I'm... I, I think this is an underrated character, but that's just my opinion. That's for the love of the game, correct? For the love of the game, yes. Yep. Uh, from Cars, Lightning McQueen, finishing a twelfth. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay, uh, Bud the Dog, eleventh. Oh, okay. we had Bud the Dog and the Gopher in the same one. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that, yeah, that's all I do. Coach, you see, like, little um, things, it's all about fictional things. So, I mean, like, what am I, I can't whine about it. Right. I, 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 I'm, much, I'm much more okay with the gopher getting in as a contributor than Bud getting in as an athlete at the moment. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm not a big I'm sure, I'm sure Bud, I'm sure eventually Bud will get in, but I'm hoping that's, like, 10 years from now. So. I, I have to agree with you. It's not something I'm overly thrilled with inducting, but, hey, it's, that, that, it's, it's up to you, America, Canada. Everyone, mm-hmm. it's worldwide. Uh, Big Earn, Ernie McCracken, 
Kingpin. Oh, okay. Uh, then, right, that, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised Bill Murray doesn't get more love on that, but all right, go ahead. Yep, uh, the only female here, all the way May, from a League of Their yeah, Own. Uh, yeah, Madonna, we already got one League of Their Own, so it doesn't surprise me we didn't get a second. Yeah. So. Uh, Caddyshack, again, does not get a double, another inductee with Al Cervic. He doesn't get no respect. No respect, no respect. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow. God, my notes are terrible. I wrote Ricky Nobby. I meant, obviously, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> At number seven. Yeah, okay. And, uh, I, you know what he would say about that. Well, well, You're not first. You're last. Well, he was last. <laughs> and uh, former uh, superstar at, Ohio, at the Ohio State, Shane Falco. Okay. So that number six. That's number six. So we have five left. And okay. So we so we and I'll do this in alphabetical order. Adonis Creed. Okay. Will he, did he join his father? Okay. Al Bundy. Okay. Johnny Lawrence, a super surprise who who came um, out of nowhere. John, John, no, Johnny Lawrence is it. I'll tell you that right now. I don't care who the other two are. Johnny Lawrence. All right. Just with the the rebound that. Um, that the Karate Kid and uh, Cobra Kai and everything. I was surprised that John Creech was that low when he came up last time. I think Johnny Lawrence has got to be it. Okay. Homer Simpson, multi-athlete, multi-sport athlete. Okay. And Lee, Bruce Lee. Ooh. Three of these well, are in. For just because Bruce Lee has to be in. Well, am, am I right on uh, yes. Johnny Lawrence? Number one, by far. Be? Number one in the, in the landslide. Right. Not not shocked at all. Like that show is so good, and uh, we're we're in the Zabka Renaissance, the Zabka songs mm-hmm. right now. Um, so I'm I have no problem with that one. So my other ones are Al Bundy, Homer Simpson. Three other two, Adonis Creed and Lee. Oh man, that's tough. Um, I want to say Adonis Creed and Lee, but I'm presuming if Homer got this far, he's probably in. So I'll say Adonis Creed and Homer. Uh, Al Bundy and Homer. Al Bundy's in. Yeah, Al Bundy is in. Wow. Okay. At least I don't have to worry about voting for him again. I've never been an Al Bundy supporter of this in this hall, but okay. <laughs> yeah, Adonis was four, Lee is fifth. Okay. So we officially recognize Johnny Lawrence, Al Bundy, and Homer Simpson into the class of two of 2020 for the fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame. And keep in mind, Homer's going to be talked about again. He's also up for the fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with the B-Sharps. Oh, with the B-Sharps. Yeah, Will he become the first ever cross inductee? We'll get to that after these deaths. <laughs> Worst cliffhanger ever. Uh, Comic book I was, re- I, reading, I was reading a book with my daughter, which is really good in case you're looking for a book to read with. And anyone who's listening, looking for a book to read with your kids at the, the School for Good and Evil. But all their chapters are like, like we joked they were the worst game show ever. Like there's a chapter called Choose Your Coffin. 
<laughs> oh, dear God. And it was, it was just a running joke. I just kind of feel like um, the, the, you just choose your coffin to, to segue into the next set of things. So, uh, anyway. All right. So, do we want to go into the world of, um, of music, or do we want to go into the world of a couple of uh, celebrities who passed away? Uh, let's do uh, – well, we well, let's just do them all, and we'll save the hammer for the, the thick rock. Okay. So in terms of uh, music, people from music who passed away, uh, we had Pele Olsing, the drummer from Roxette, passed away at the age of 60. Mm. Um, I don't – I didn't see what he passed from. Uh, but yeah, he passed away – uh, well, you know what he died of. It must have been um, love. <laughs> Sorry, but no. it's over now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God, going to hell. Uh, yes, we are. Did anyone listen to his heart? Um, oh, ooh. So, no, he passed away at the age of sixty. Um, earlier this week, we also lost from Houdini. Mm, um, John Fletcher, unfortunately, passed away at only the age of fifty-six. Um. I didn't actually see any, what he passed of either, um, but he passed away a couple of days before Christmas at the age of 56. John Ecstasy Fletcher. Uh, let me see if I can find it out quickly here. Freaks come out yeah, I don't, at I night. Actually don't, Freaks come I don't out actually at see, night. Yeah. I actually see what he passed of. Um, we also lost Tony Rice, who was in the Bluegrass Hall of Fame. Um, uh, had a solo career, a member of multiple bluegrass bands, passed away on Christmas, apparently making his coffee Christmas morning, collapsed and died in his kitchen. Mm. Um, so uh, we, don't ha- we don't know much about the Bluegrass Hall, but I just wanted to make sure we, no. we got hit there. We got some bigger names here. Um, I know it's not technically music, but I want to bring up Shabadoo, passed away today. Uh, also known as Adolfo Gutierrez Quinones. Um, Shabadoo, for those who don't know, um, is probably the greatest breakdance of all time. You can, you can argue he was one of the creators of breakdance and definitely one of the greatest dancers of all time. Um, he's, uh, in, he's known for his role as Ozone from Breakin' and Breakin' 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, among other things, but he also um, choreo- uh, the choreographer for Lionel Richie, for Madonna, Luther Vandross. He did. Um, he was the, the dancer for Chaka Khan's song "I Feel for You." Um, I mean, he was in Xanadu. He was all over the place. Who was in Xanadu? Unfortunately, passed away at sixty-five. Incidentally, um, incidentally, when I went on my cameo binge, you can actually uh, request him. I guess not now. Not now, but uh, in Xanadu, he was... I never saw that movie. That seems like a movie I should see, but then I hate musicals, but uh, Andrea Tessman, because I'm going to throw up my other show, how the hell did this get to number one? Has an, is, I've gotten in shit from somebody when I said I hated musicals, so... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well... It, musicals depend. I absolutely love musicals, but Cats is one of the worst things that humans have ever created. And I'm not talking about the movie. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Shabadoo <laughs> passed away at 65 days. I found out because Ice-T actually did, uh, post, basically let the world know he passed away. 
um, earlier today. Um, also passing away today, very sadly, Alto Reed, uh, the saxophonist for the Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Um, I mean, the, the opening to... Uh, to um, they said turn the page? Yeah, turn the page. Uh, I mean, just everything, everything else. He's he played with the Silver Bullet Band for forty-two years. Um, he passed away of colon cancer, but he's also he also worked with, um, also worked with uh, Foghat, Grand Funk Railroad, Little Feet, Otis Rush, um, Spencer Davis, the Blues Brothers, The Ventures, George Thorogood, Robin Gibb, like. He was in the Blues Brothers? So, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, So he's, uh, I mean, one of the greatest saxophone players in the history of rock. Uh, That that happened, the announcer was like, I don't know, an hour before we came on, that Alter Reed had passed away, which is uh, very, very sad. Seriously, like, if you think saxophone and rock music, it's probably Alter Reed. Mm. Except for, you know, if you're talking E Street Band or... Dave Matthews or some of those others, or Baker Street, and pretty much all the other. Oh, 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 oh players, so he was the guy. He, he, he did Baker Street. No, he did not do Baker. Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm saying except for those, oh, like oh, almost sorry. all the great facts things you can make of his to read. Um, also, Leslie West passed away uh, a few days before Christmas. Vocalist, uh, co-founding member of Mountain. Um, I mean, just he—he's—he's he's been addicted to. He's been recovering from addiction to like pretty much tons of hard drugs for a long time. It's kind of amazing that he made it to seventy-five. That dude did heroin. He did cocaine. He did. I don't know. I'm sure he did more marijuana. But I think he, I heard he did morphine for a while. He got all. He had all sorts of issues. And he had diabetes, all sorts of things. But he—he mm-hmm. he made it to seventy-five. But a hell of a guitar player, a great singer. Or I mean, Mountain's one of those bands that um, a lot of people love. I don't think they'll ever get into the rock hall, but they were a great hard rock band for a long, long time. Absolutely. Uh, sorry, I just want I just want to like interject here. Like, uh, I'm, I'm going again off, uh, on a tangent. I've I've got ESPN on on in the background, so just talking about sort of like things that have uh, that are really sort of interesting in, in terms of breaking barriers. Just as that Becky Hammond acted as the Spurs head coach today. Oh wow! So I don't know the whole context as to why that is, but uh, kudos to her. This is certainly not a pandering thing, like I've sort of like talked about before. I think this is awesome. She's been there, a Spurs head coach or assistant since 2014. So yeah, so maybe the coach got thrown out, and she is she the lead assistant. I, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've had the Cotton Bowl on in the background, so I, and it just ended with Oklahoma drubbing. Uh, I don't even rem- uh, I don't even remember who. It was that bad. Florida. Florida. Yeah. So it, it just sort of like flashed on the screen. So I just thought, you know, while we're talking about that, I think that's a pretty damn cool accomplishment. Yeah, I just checked. It was because uh, Popovich got ejected, and she's the lead. She's the lead assistant. Okay. Cool. So he got he got it he got ejected in the first half. So with uh, three fifty six remaining in the second quarter. All right, yeah, I just thought um, that was sort of like a real real cool thing. And just for those who think I'm a complete sexist, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm a disciple of logic. 
That's it. That's yeah, you, all. You 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 celebrate the concert accomplishments that deserve to be celebrated. Yes, I do. So. Yes, I do. That, that um, that's why I have a kick ass wife. Who <laughs> <laughs> will kick your ass if you, if you don't if you don't shape up there? You have no idea. Uh, and, and look, uh, I yeah, I I've, I've heard enough over the last decade here, my friend. <laughs> um, and last and lastly, I want to bring up uh, Chad Stewart from Chad and Jeremy. Yeah, uh, passed away. Yeah, um, underappreciated so, group. They were uh, one of the British invasion bands that has not been inducted as of yet. Probably um, won't be. But I'm sorry. And they probably won't be. And that's actually okay. It's just that I think they should be remembered more than they are. I don't know that they should be in the Rock Hall, but I think they had. I think they're more than a footnote. Yeah, I think honestly at this point there aren't that. Once they got Donovan in, there aren't that many of the original British invasion bands left. Maybe Herman's Hermits because zombies are in too. Um, so uh, zombies, I think, were kind of the last one. Herman's Hermits as an argument, um, but but Chad and Jeremy are like just a step below. So um, but just like uh, had a whole bunch of hits. Um, that did really well in the easy listening charts, which doesn't necessarily help you with the rock hall. Um, but they had yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven top 40 hits here in the United States. That's a um, lot. Yeah. On the U.S. Hot 100. Yeah. So, and one, two, three, four, five, six top 100 hits in Canada, or top 20 hits in Canada. Well, so, I mean, we love our Chad and Jeremy. Yeah, more, more more Jeremy than Chad. Apparently, I, I I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess uh, we well, got a we'll couple more to know deaths. Jeremy is still alive. So yes, he's got that going. So there, I guess do we have a couple more? Or, like, there's two more that I know we have. So look on before we sort yeah, of look those, those, those those are the last two. Speaking of yeah. Jeremy being the last surviving member of Chad and Jeremy. Keenan Louise is now the last surviving castaway. Oh, shit. Yeah, everyone else is gone. Wow. And Keenan Louise is like 86. So here's the question then, right? So let's be honest. Everyone of a certain age, I mean, this predates you and I, and you and I are old. I'm much older, as as people will (laughs) tell me. But... I grew up on the Gilligan's Islands reruns and then the whole, but it was still pretty much the same question. So who would you rather Ginger or Marianne? And for me, it's team Marianne and it's not even close. Yeah, no, great. Okay. Uh, yeah, and she just seemed like the sweetest lady too. Uh, Don in, Wells. In real life, not just, not just her character. But yeah, yeah, life. exactly. Yes. Uh, Don Wells up. Cause Tina Louise, and I'm not trying to be mean to, towards her, but she like, well I guess all of them really they all sort of knew okay this is our character and you know what so be it where Tina Louise never quite got that Mm -hmm. which again that that's fine I mean like if if you're going to be sort of like typecasting a character you don't know what's going to happen you have no idea whether whether something's going to take off but right you know Don Wells you should just would always sort of like show up on this show or that show, just always looked fantastic. 
you know, just never seemed to age too much. I mean, I granted I haven't seen her in years, but still. I mean, there's a picture of her on the on her page in 2015, mm-hmm. and she still looked. She just looked like an older version of herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she doesn't look like she ever got anything done. She doesn't look like she had anything crazy drastic happen to her. She apparently fell in 2018 and was having some some mm. financial troubles recovering from that. But uh, yeah, she passed away from COVID. She she had uh, financial trouble. Yeah, apparently, but she fell. There's a GoFundMe page set up. Oh shit! If she fell to help cover her medical care after she fell a couple of years ago. You know, and it just so. goes to show you how screwed, uh, how awful producers of television shows sort of like took those people took those people for granted. You know that they mm-hmm. like Gilligan's Island was on forever. How much money did she really make off well, royalties? Probably not that much. Yeah, that's one of the things they say that somewhere in the world at any given time, there's an episode of Gilligan's Island and an episode of Baywatch playing. Well, but the like Baywatch those are the people two watch shows around the world. But the Baywatch people probably are getting their royalties because just things have changed. Well, I agree, no, I, I agree. I agree with you on that. I'm just yeah. saying, like that's how watched that show is everywhere. It's not just a U.S. show. It, it's well known all over the world because it's a simple premise. It's Although I do have to say, one of the dumbest things that exists are guest stars from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> like you're trapped on an island. If there's a guest star, there should be a way off. <laughs> well, I, I think I've said this already. Like uh, It was a Cheers episode where Rebecca's dad, who's in the Navy, shows up and then they get sort of sucked into the Cheers gang and they're watching Gilligan's Island. And he just says, you know, if they would have shot Gilligan, they would have got off the island. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those shows you just can't think, like, put no logic into it. Because if once you do, yep. I think even yeah. Happy Days did a shot, even took a shot at that. An actual is Happy that, Days episode. Is, 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 is that where Fonzie was going when he jumped the shark? He's heading out to Gilligan's Island? I, God, I don't know. I, somebody, a character came in and was. I don't know which one it was. And then like Bosley with Tom Bosley was just saying like, why can't you just let me enjoy this shit? He didn't say it like that, but <laughs> yeah. You had to be Sheriff Amos Tupper on uh murder. She wrote. I never watched that show. I, I think oh, I, I watched every episode of that show with my parents. My wife actually for Christmas got me a uh, Jessica Fletcher uh, Funko doll as a joke. That I'm telling you, Jessica Angel Lansbury, Jessica Fletcher, she is the biggest serial killer of everywhere of all time. Because everywhere she goes, somebody dies. I don't think she's a serial killer. So I don't know if you remember. I've talked about the show before, Dead Like Me. I think she might just be a Grim Reaper here to take souls of people. Oh, like the, both the Dead Like Me. Yeah, that makes sense. The other thing I learned from from Murder Show is never win an award in your business because someone will hit you over the head with it. Love it. During the during the argument. That that had to be the most common murder weapon was some award that somebody won on Murder She Wrote. I've so. only ever seen one of those episodes and it was uh, the, the murderer turned out to be Father Mulcahy from MASH. <laughs> yeah. I just remember that because yeah, it was like, oh like okay uh, all right, all right, William <laughs> Christopher, you're trying to show that you're not just the father. Guess what? You still can't act, you fuck. 
<laughs> Sorry. Well, the first season of Merchant's hilarious because they introduced you all the characters at the beginning, and then by the end of the first season, everyone's either dead or in jail, including the sheriff. Um, so the sheriff murders his girlfriend because she started seeing someone else by like messing with the cord on her TV and like throwing it in the bathtub when she was there. Um, so like they had to take her on the road because everybody in that in that town was dead or in jail at that point. So and she's still anyway. alive. Yeah, she did. I mean, you'd think she's the one who's solving all the mysteries. That's what you go after, right? Holy so, crap! Anyway, so we go. Okay. Uh, so we have one. Yeah. We have one more person we should talk about before we get all to the the fictitious rock hall. Mm-hmm. And that's one of that's. Uh, a, a sort of interesting celebrity uh, in Joe Clark. My favorite. Uh, one, well, not my favorite. But. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, one, ahead. Of, one of my favorite film. No, actually, one of my favorite scenes, because it's not one of my favorite films, is when Joe Clark and Lean On Me kicks Morgan Freeman just says, see all these people? They're never going to mount on anything. I'm, I'm, this is the worst paraphrase ever because I didn't prep, like always. So since you're not going to graduate anyway, you're all expelled. Yeah. That was the worst and, Morgan Freeman that, impression ever, by the way. N- narrator. It was. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he passed away after a long illness in, at the age of 82. Um, he's father of, uh, of two Olympic athletes. Oh. Joanna Clark Diggs and Hazel Clark, um, who both, let's see, I don't actually remember what they did. I'll check that in a second. But yeah, Lean On Me is about him. He was the principal of, of uh, Eastside High School in Patterson, New Jersey. There would walk around with a baseball bat. At one point, he got in trouble for locking the doors of the school so that people from the outside couldn't get in. Um, he did marginally improve test scores, uh, but more than anything, he was just trying to get control of what appeared to be a school out of control, out of control. I I wanted to sort of segue from that. Uh, I've had a script idea for my late friend Chavo Guerrero Sr. Okay. Loosely based, not loosely based, but slightly inspired by Lean on Me and a film (laughs) you kind of confused it with earlier, Stand and Deliver, before we went on air. Yeah, I did confuse it with Stand and Deliver. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so Chavo, my, my good friend who I, hopefully his autobiography that I ghost wrote for him will come out next year. He's passed away like three, four years ago, but if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. He was a teacher at uh, a school in El Paso. And, uh, okay. yeah, so, but he was a wrestling coach and also teaching history. So this is right after he, uh, graduated from, uh, UTEP. And so okay. he took over the wrestling team. And so what he did is he – the wrestling team stunk. So in the first day, he kicked off all the people, like like all the seniors. Just wow. Kicked them all off because like he weren't doing anything anyway. It was like a very lean-on-me moment. And then the whole thing turns into stand and deliver because he's got all these uh, poor Hispanic kids – turns them all around where they went from like winless and then three years they won city 
Wow. And in the final thing, final match he ever coached, this is true, and I think this would be a great movie. Uh, Chavo's uh, team beat uh, their the rival, but his star student had to beat Chavo's own brother. Really? Yes. Wow. So when I was working on this on this autobiography, I said, like, dude, this is a fucking movie. This is a Disney like feel good sports film. Agreed. And it's true. So, I mean, I've been playing around with the idea of like, unfortunately then Chavo senior passed away, but I, I, I still have like, I still want to write this. I think, I think this could be that like, that's, that's a winning thing like that, that just, it's perfect. I agree. That's a really good story. Yeah. And now you just gave it away to the world, man. Well, I guess Too many so. people are looking at that. Well, then you, then you know what? I'm okay with that. Because li- yeah. living well, in Spitestone, Barbados, I don't think I was going to get that done anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Just by the way, uh, his daughter Hazel Clark competed in the 2000 Olympics. His daughter Joetta Clark Diggs competed in the 88, 92, 96, and 2000 Olympics. Oh, and what? And in uh, track. Nice. So she was a long distance runner, and her his son JJ Clark married Gerald Miles Clark, who has gold in Sydney and Atlanta in a four by four hundred relay and a silver in Barcelona. Oh, cool! So he had a lot of Olympians in that family. Damn. Yeah. So anyway, let's get to our final thing of the night. Everyone's waited this long for the uh, fictitious for the, Rock uh, and Roll Hall of Fame. Who's Hall? in it? So there are 16 right. finalists. It would have been 15, but I screwed up. Are there contributors as well in this one? No, but there is going to be for next year. Okay. Yeah, there, there will be for next year. Uh, Ted's working on that right now. I've submitted a bunch of uh, contributors for everyone to vote on for next year. Uh, contributors are like being like, think of WKRP, Dr. Johnny Fever, shit like that. If Dr. Johnny is not one of the first cl- first members of that class, I'll be very disappointed. But it's up to you. I, I, I mean, I, I think this is a chance for uh, Tom Hanks to get in for a third time. The manager of the O'Neaters. He is, yes. Holy crap, I never thought of that. But yes. Yeah, yeah that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah, absolutely. So we have 16, not 15. Because I erroneously had to make an apology. If you go back a few episodes, I had apologized to the people of Riverdale. I omitted Josie and the Pussycats, who did get through in votes, and I screwed up. I miscounted. Ted, my webmaster, corrected me, and he's through. Or they, they're through as a finalist. So I just want to give my second mea culpa. And I'm hoping they're through as a uh, as a actual member of the hall, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So number sixteen, they, they, they are they are my number one overall. Just you know, so go ahead, number sixteen, Nick Rivers. Oh, no one's surfing. What the heck? I don't know. Man. I was surprised. Like it was a, like it was a surprise that they got that far. To be honest, um, I'll work on Nick Rivers going forward. Well, and, and another surprise. And a surfboard too. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, so another surprise at number 15. I 
I'm shocked that I ever got this far. We'll see what happens. But I guess everyone wanted to do the Fonzie. Leather Tuscadero. Okay. I was wondering if it's going to be Leather Tuscadero or um, uh, the Buckaroo Bonsai, because they were surprising to be there as well. Yeah, Leather Tuscadero, I have no trouble finishing 15th. I have a problem with them beating out Nick Rivers. But. It's just a strange, strange thing, but you just never know. Uh, well, Don Music also did not get in. Number 14. He'll never get in. Never. Ow, shit. I actually hit myself with that remote control. That was harder than I thought it would be. Shit. I was, I was trying to do something. No, I was trying to... Well, goddammit. Anyway. Fuck. I hope it at least sounded good. It did sound good. Okay, good. Glad I didn't grab my beer bottle. Yeah. Don Music uh, is, Yeah, Don Music is not in. Uh, Phoebe Buffet from Friends did not get in. Okay. Smelly cat can only get you so far. It only got you so far. Got you, it got her to 13th. At 12th, Buckaroo Bonsai. Okay, good. No offense to Buckaroo Bonsai, but they're just better choices. I, no argument here. I didn't vote for them. Uh, number 11, Max Rebo Band. From Return oh, of the Jedi. Man. Interesting. Which which I Okay, I, I wonder Yeah, I wonder we had the two Star Wars bands, so Yeah, which they I said this last time, I'm just gonna say it again. They died and nobody cared. They were on the Jabba's floating palace. They the knew ba- what they were in for. I suppose. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> My God. The Banana Splits, number uh, 11. 11? Yeah. Okay, their, their murderous rampage does not continue into the hall. I get it. Yep. Uh, the Soggy Bottom Boys did not make it. Okay, I was wondering when they were coming up. I, uh, interesting. Okay, I think they got a chance going forward. I think they do, they too. Star Wars is shut out. Figure and Dan and the modal nose. Oh, wow. That's a little surprising. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one that I thought was going to sneak in, but did not. Ralph the dog. Oh, wow. Ralph is out? Ralph is out. Oh, no. I got to work on that, because he's my number one. So, Well, I think Josie's my number one. Ralph's my number two. Ralph's my number one muffin in my heart, though. So. <laughs> number six. Sex ba-ba-bomb. Ba-bomb. Ba-ba-bomb-bomb. Okay, wait, does that mean Homer and the B-Sharps are the top five? That's right. Oh, my goodness. So the B-Sharps, the Archies. The the Archies, as you say, Josie the Pussycats. Yep, Josie and the Pussycats, who who had a late start because they were included after votes already began. Okay. The Ruddles. And okay, Mar- hey, your band got there. My, yeah, my, my favorite got through the top five. And Marvin Berry and the Starlighters. Okay, interesting. So which Back three? The future. Um, well, I hope we, I'm going to put Josie's Pussycats up there again. Mm-hmm. All right, so are they in? Yes, they are. All right, what number did they come in? Two. Number two, interesting. 
Right. So we have Rosenberry and the Starlighters, the B Sharps, um, the Ruddles and the Archies. The Ruddles and the Archies. Ooh. Um. Does Homer get in again? I'm going to go with the love for Back to Future. I'm saying Marvin Berry and the Starlighters. Do you want to take your other choice too, or do you want to just go with that one right now? I'll go with that one right now. And I have to think about the other. Yeah, they are number one. You're right. Oh, wow. They're, they're number one. Wow. Okay. So I'm choosing you to the Archies, the Ruddles, and the B Sharps. The B Sharps. All right. So Homer's already in on the other side. We have the power of the chairman. And again, you, I know your vote counts as one for everyone else, but you have people who vote who actually, you know, you have your fans there and they know that oh, you're yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and we have the Archies who are very similar to Josie and the Pussycats. Um, oh, I don't think Homer got in again. So I'm going to say... I'm going to say they went with the the the, the chairman because why not? If I'm going to be wrong, I want to at least be wrong on your side of things. So did the did the Ruddles get the third spot? Yes, they did. Congratulations, my friend. I'm very happy. Uh, Archies were fourth. B sharps were fifth. Okay, congratulations. Yes, uh, for uh, this to me was a great choice by all of you. The Ruddles should have been in in the fir- one of the first three classes at least. I'm so happy they're in. Thank you all. But again, it just proves that what I want doesn't matter. It's what all of you want. That is democracy in action. <laughs> nice. Well, congratulations on that. That's a good class. I'm 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 in favor of that class. Well, I think that's what why I said to you. I think you were going to be happy overall. With uh, everyone mm-hmm. who got in, uh, I guess the big again the biggest surprise to me the Gopher, and I, I guess the second surprise is Homer Simpson. Yeah, but I mean we already had Bleeding Gums Murphy in, so if Bleeding Gums Murphy is in. You got to figure that that Homer is going to get in. Bleeding Gums Murphy. That was that one. I hate. I still hate it. And, I know it's my hall and whatnot, but shit. He was only in one goddamn episode. <laughs> yeah. And he was never popular. <laughs> but, like, hey, whatever. I mean, that, that's how it goes. That is how it goes. So, yeah, not, none of these are... I'd say Bleeding Scumps Murphy is the worst member of this hall. And second is probably Wild Stallions. I don't think they ever actually... Even Played anything? Yeah, Ble- um, Bleeding Gums Murphy is the Harold Baines of this hall. Yeah, uh, but th- all three of these, all three of these bands belong to this. So I'm in favor of this group. I mean, yeah, Marvin Berry helped create rock and roll. Josie and the Pussycats went to outer space, like Jesus Christ. And the Ruddles were the be- best band of all of England. I mean, Jimmy Dugan yeah, hit 500 I'm- home runs. The Gopher, well, the Gopher, I, I don't know. He's all right. He's in the rock. And, uh, he's in the contributor. I think. Oh, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Kenny Hawkins. Uh, actually, this is the perfect way to sort of end this, and this way I can test to see if my brother listened. Uh, someone threw a throwback picture of my brother, and uh, they actually said, like, holy shit, it's Kenny Hawkins. 
He's got the dark beard and the dark hair. That's when he had hair. That's when you had hair, Hans. Sorry, just if I throw that there. He's got all the money. I got the right. looks. And I don't have much <laughs> looks, so there, that which sort of says everything you need there. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm going to I'm, I'm calling the Archies as the favorite for uh, this hall next year. I'm going to I'm going to see what campaign I need to get Ralph up there. Uh, the fictitious athlete. Um, I mean, we got to figure out Norman Dale. He's got to be is the biggest name left out there for me. Uh, I want to um, push for Dean Youngblood, who was not a finalist this year. I can understand Dean Youngblood. That's, that's a good choice too. I I push for Jesus Shondlesworth. Probably that's another time. good. That's another great yeah. one that just doesn't get a whole lot of love. And we have to figure out a way to not include Leather Tuscadero on the list. <laughs> That's, sh- I, I don't get it. I mean, it's not even alphabetism. It's an L. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know either. But anyway, well, we, we, we went longer than just you uh, making fun of your brother, Hans. So, <laughs> Hans, ah, I don't know. I don't know him, so. <laughs> I got lucky, though, because, like, with the last name of Buckner, it's actually supposed to be Buchner, right? Like, what if I was named Franz? Yeah. Franz? Yeah. What if that happened? Your parents are just bigger fans of Star Trek. Be thankful. No, my no, <laughs> no. My dad doesn't give a shit about Star Trek. My dad drinks a lot. My brother likes Star Trek. All right, fair enough. So, but it's funny how I hate anyway. Ryan Kirk. But the, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, next week. All right, so Evan, I think we'll we'll close off together like we did last time. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, happy new year and uh, everyone and hopefully hopefully this isn't Russian doll and we wake up in twenty twenty again. Hopefully this is all gonna end at some point and we can move on to a year that is not this year. <laughs> it's twenty twenty one. Let's play the let's play the Falcons in the fourth quarter of the entire year. Exactly. Three hundred and sixty five days of it not being twenty twenty. Absolutely. So uh, I'll talk to you later, man. All right, take care. Bye.